Welcome to the Bang Tan Epiphany, episode 52. This week, we are back, and we are rambly as fuck. I think it all makes sense in my brain. We try to break things down for new army that may feel overwhelmed with the BTS content iceberg, and we just talk about our personal Bang Tan Epiphanies. So let's get it. good huh it does we have a new podcast room um should we call it a studio yeah it's like a studio because we're fancy (laughs) that's right um and i'd like to say we're fancy as fuck because in season two we're gonna swear (laughs) that's right as much as as we can want as much as we want which means we'll hardly ever do it probably but we can. We're free to. That's We're right. We're free to swear. That's right. <laughs> um, so today we wanted to talk about ARMY. And there's a lot new ARMY now. And the thing that was really tripping me out is I realized that, you know, with every comeback, with every new, like, amazing BTS achievement, BTS gets attention and then... Uh, locals become converted into army. And the thing that really tripped me out is that B, the the album that came out of COVID times and that was expressing all of this difficulty and pain that we as army experienced as all the concerts got canceled and just felt like a very kind of different album that was really about something almost personal. <laughs> like how BTS and and ARMY feel during COVID when we can't have the concerts and when like the path that they were on got like kind of shifted. And they're coming in on this era. They're coming in on the B era. Like for them, BTS is is this B era. And everything else that they've done is like in the past. So that's a little bit wild. Well, yeah. And I think about the like insurmountable mountain of BTSness or something, right? Like <laughs> when you're new, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to check this out. And then you start to like deep dive or fall down the hole or whatever. And like, it's like, where do you start? Where to begin? You know? And now there's so much more. I yeah. mean, when we got into it, there was there was no Matsone, mm. <laughs> which we call Mats One. Um, see, we have to explain all of, all of our little all of our, our little phrases and stuff. Nah, nah, just listen to the podcast. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, like you're gonna get to uh, Map of the Soul Seven, and if that's one of the first albums you listen to, it's like. 
you're not going to have any of the context for it, right? You're going to take it at face value, which is fine. It can it can live on face value completely. It is like beautifully perfect. It's beautifully perfect. Yeah. So it's not like I'm worried. I'm just like, wow, you've only hit the surface. If that's your first album or if B is your first album, you're you're in the intro phase. You are in like you're not even in the 101 course yet. You're still in like BTS high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's cool like take it as like each one individually and then as you collect more albums you can start connecting things and and stringing yeah, things together, yeah. you know, watching um different eras and seeing how that that is evolving. So it's just that BTS um have been around for 7 years and are some of the most prolific musicians in the industry maybe like ever like they're going to go down in history as prolific because every year they do multiple albums comebacks side projects mixtapes uh just a huge amount of um video entertainment concerts fan concerts it's just there's so much yeah so we kind of wanted to break down um give you some advice on how to how to jump in and some some like leet strats some leet strategies yeah yeah and one of the things i think about is like if you're just beginning like lots of people get turned off with the whole like oh bts they're on top of the world or whatever I mean, you got to really get into it and and see how they started then. Because, like, just because they are, you know, rulers of the world doesn't necessarily mean that they always were, you know? And that it's. Yeah. And that it's wrong to, like, like them, you know? Okay. Yeah. I get it. I I think that there's some people who, if, if if somebody's really popular, they're kind of like, Meh, why are these people so popular? And it you tend to be like more critical. Yeah, and like a little like turned off to it. Yeah, because they're um it it feels like they got something handed to them and that maybe they uh don't deserve or I don't know. I don't know what that thing is. Well, I think it stems from wanting to kind of be unique or have your own individual um tastes or something. That's true. That's true. I guess that's one of the problems when something becomes really, really popular, almost ubiquitous, and everybody knows about it, everybody likes it, it feels uh, like that thing must be really generic that everybody likes. Uh, It's totally not true. The reason why BTS got so successful is because of how they're unique and because they were the underdogs for so long. Yeah. All right. This is almost like, now we're almost turning this into handling criticisms. Mm. We could, let's frame it like that. Handling criticisms. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna handle the criticisms that are leveled at BTS and at ARMY. We're just gonna knock them down like bowling pins and the golden maknae has the bowling ball and we're getting that strike. You know what I'm saying? We're going to strike out all of these criticisms, complaints, one 
by one with our beautiful logic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not following that logic, we don't really do the whole sports thing. So, like, we're getting touchdowns on the home run, and we don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. So, <laughs> it, it's the Super Bowl of basketball, and we're ready. Yeah, <laughs> for the spring training. Yeah, so let's That'll get a help us let's get a goal. Sports metaphors. <laughs> Whoops, we're not into sports. We're um, we're trying our best. <laughs> Okay, so um, criticism number one, uh, BTS is overrated. I see that one floating around a lot. BTS is overrated. It, so I think what happens is BTS has gotten ungodly popular, right? Um, people really start paying attention when um, an artist starts making that money. That's right. Then you have all sorts of people who aren't necessarily music fans starting to pay attention. Like if you're a content creator and you see that BTS uh, gets like incredible engagement in social media and that people are making content like us, like making a podcast about BTS or making videos or fan comps or something, people start noticing. And so people who wouldn't be open to new music anyways start talking about BTS um, a lot of them are just dismissible. They're just kind of like jumping on the the popularity train. They're like, oh, people are talking about BTS, so I'll talk about BTS. And I'll put no effort into understanding them or caring. I'll just yeah, like yeah. criticize them because I'm, you know, a clout chasing ass. Well, yeah, and they're pretty <laughs> easily weeded out usually, right? Yeah, yeah. You could tell. There's just this like smug white guy thing that happens where it's like smug white guys talking about bts and you're like well i don't get it i, I think it's basically overrated and it's made for teenage girls Blah. it's like well obviously that guy's gonna say that shut yeah. it guy we don't care about your opinions <laughs> shut it guy <laughs> uh but i think that this overrated thing is almost like i take it as a compliment like people are talking about bts so much that Jerk faces who never gave anyone a chance are expressing how they mildly dislike something because they've heard of them. And it's like, you know what? Um, I'm really proud that BTS is so popular that that sort of person feels like they need to have an opinion about them. Um, I don't care what their opinion is because their opinions aren't very valuable. It's not like they did research and, and really tried. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, also, I don't know, I always try to keep a little bit of hope and, like, maybe it's, like, an in, right? It's an in. If you start out hating and you're like, man, screw screw that song on, but then, you know, because it's, like, everywhere. Like, let's say the ubiquitous, like, dynamite. Oh, I hear it everywhere. I'm sick of it. Yeah, yeah. But then you hear, like, zero o'clock and you're like, you know what? You know what? I love BTS, you know, and like that's that's fine. Get me, man. Yeah, and they just want us to be happy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like, it's it's kind of hard to hate someone that just wants you to love yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is, and it starts to um, people get exposed really easily. Like, if you are interested in music, if you're interested in like having this amazing artistic. overall positive but thoughtful experience by standing bts like welcome aboard you're gonna have a great ass time yeah like there's so much great content even if you are wildly 
different in your opinions than you think most ARMY are, guess what? You have no idea how diverse ARMY is. You have no idea. Because in the media, ARMY is portrayed as this, like, very specific kind of caricature. (laughs) ARMY is a a teenage girl who uh, we can only assume, people are assuming, has, like, is easily pleased and has like bad taste or like juvenile taste. Like the way that they, uh, that the media portrays army is super condescending. It's just not accurate. It's just really not true. Yeah. And that's just breaking down those old like stigmatisms and and biases and all that. I mean, any, any news organization that compares BTS to, let's say, One Direction or uh, to InSync, or any American, uh, I know that One Direction is British, but like the American Western music industry version of boy band, like, first of all, th- that's where they messed up. Th- there's no connection yeah, Korean that's band. that's like just looking at the packaging or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and saying, hey, this is close to this other packaging that we do. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- that made me think of something that I, I would mention really quickly, the uh, Break the Silence movie yeah. with those, uh, what were they, the voiceovers, like the English voiceovers or whatever that were like radio Man. people or something. Man, those voiceovers, where did they get them? <laughs> they were hilarious. Like. <laughs> Oh, it was it was wild. I I don't I don't know where they were from, but every once around the movie they do this like voiceover thing and they show like BTS getting to an arena and then like the crowds and stuff. So they're trying to show like how local media would talk about BTS when they went there. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't recognize any of the voices that were doing the voiceovers. Not that I know yeah, entertainment yeah. personalities, but like they didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard of. And they had the most like cheesy fake voices like well bts is coming to like not only that but the the content of the corniness that they were saying corniness of their content was so weird i'm like where did they get these clips yeah yeah it was funny (laughs) and i just imagine like the people who are editing this movie um like the few people who know english were like well you know it generally sounds like a good clip, but just having no context on like how it would sound to English speakers, because uh, to English speakers it sounded really odd, or at least to just us, yeah, really cheesy. Yeah, that was funny. But it was it was a good good movie overall. But that's the thing. Look, that's that's one of the things. They're Koreans. They're from Korea. Yeah, like their culture is totally different. Even if you understand English and you're Korean, to understand like all of our cultural norms and the way that we think things are cool or not cool or like how we treat each other and what like politeness is and all of those things are super complex. Like if you've never been to another country, you don't know how, how much those, like how much you don't know about your own culture. Right. Or yeah. Or any of your kind of, hidden programming or any of those like unconscious biases or just how you get along with person how you make a friend how you like go out on a date how you like get a job all of those things are very different in different countries um if you don't basically if you don't expose yourself 
to other cultures, you won't be able to dissect your own biases. Yeah. Because they may be unconscious. Yeah. I in ways that you're you can't just figure out by sitting and thinking about it, right? Like you you can't see how much your country, your language, your culture, your religion, your upbringing has affected you until you really try to empathize or sympathize with someone from a totally different culture. Um, And it's such a cool experience. It's such a cool experience to get to know yourself by exposing yourself to another culture. But I think going back to like how um, people in the Western media treat BTS, like you're going to see shockingly ignorant responses to BTS and it's I'm I'm like over it now. It's it's a, I've experienced it so many times that I don't even like I always get angry, but I'm not I don't feel as passionately about it anymore because I just realized that like most of the people in Western media are super dumb. Most of the journalists in Western media are so American and they don't know how American they are, are so like are just like sort of parroting the value system of their parents and of the other media mindlessly and have very little interesting to say. And and that's kind of where I got to as soon as I started um, being ARMY and seeing how BTS is treated. Yeah, and that's something I noticed with, with those uh, like American interviews, just very uh, narrow-minded. Narrow-minded, And, and you yeah. could really see it in the way that they address BTS. Yeah, just some of the assumptions they're making about, uh, like, weird stuff. Like, there's this one uh, thing, I think, from a couple years back where BTS go and hang out with, I don't know, some radio people or some, like, entertainment show people. And they gave, uh, I think it was, like, over Christmas, and they gave BTS presents. And the presents they gave, gave them were, like, children's toys. And I'm like, these guys are, you know, in their... Mid to late thirties. I mean, mid to late twenties. Yeah, these guys are in their mid to late twenties. Like, you would never give an American who was twenty five a children's toy, like, because they're they're not children. And and it was just weird. And like, BTS were very gracious about it. And they're like, "Oh, this is fun. This is great." But I'm like, "Why are you giving them toys? Like, they're kids. Like, isn't that patronizing?" And I found it patronizing. I don't know that they did. Maybe they just were like, oh, well, they gave us something. That was nice. Uh, the boys are always really humble and polite. So, uh, but I'm like, ew, ew. Like, why do we have to do that? Why do you have to patronize them? And um, every time they're in Good Morning America, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, God. Ugh. I like that they do a concert series, but man, please stay away from that show. Just like, let's skip it. Let's skip that show. Let's skip like 90% of American media. Well, no, there's strategic things that they have to do. And that's the music industry. So that's the other thing. Um, Prepare yourself to, if you really want to know like how BTS is treated and how, um, what their path has been like, you have to start learning about the music industry. (laughs) 
And guess not what? only that, but the <laughs> the cultures, the differences between U.S. and Korean music industries, and Chinese and yeah, Japanese yeah. and you know Australian. They're and all British. different. They're all different. Yeah, and they all have different like gatekeepers, right? And they all have different like um, ways of preventing people of entering that industry. Like you, if you didn't know that the Western music industry was racist. AF, <laughs> then, bro, you you need to start getting educated about a few things because you're missing a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the most racist industries out there, and that includes BTS. <laughs> BTS faces xenophobia from American music industry, like constantly. Obviously, it's so obvious, guys, that um, Weverse magazine talks about. The racism that BTS faces uh, because it's so blatant and they do it in English articles. Uh, Weverse is a company that is owned by a big hit. So it's like direct from their company. They're saying, yeah, we faced a lot of very literal racism uh, <laughs> because it's so clear. Um, and that's one of the things is like BTS started from nothing. Nothing. They had, like, no money. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're getting into, like, army history lesson, yeah, right, really quickly, you know, their their label, Big Hit, um, you know, didn't have much when they started. They had, like, one other band or two other bands, maybe. They had one other band, which uh, disbanded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they had um, one other artist, Lee Hun. Yeah. And then BTS uh, debuted. And they were from a very small company, so they didn't get, they were like, they barely got on television shows. They would be cut off. Their performances would be just canceled. shortened or canceled. Yeah, yeah. They were hustling, man, in the beginning. Yeah. And they actually became more popular in other countries before they became popular in Korea. They had to like kind of conquer the world to come back to Korea to even be respected as one of the main k-pop artists yeah and it's a really cool i don't know it's an interesting story and and seeing how they did that definitely it's that is really it it really lets you know like who are bts as a band like when they're talking about struggling or whatever it's not like they appeared on the scene were instantly popular and then just you know got on the golden carriage towards the the palace of fame and wealth that did not happen yeah and they were just handed everything no they no i mean there's a song it's called blood sweat and tears (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of songs man yeah i figure we should Uh, talk about wings it's like a thing we do every episode (laughs) you're you're just trying to throw the conversation like completely no no um Completely off the rails. If you're going to get me started on wings, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Don't so get we... me started. I could talk for five straight hours about wings. That's for real. Challenge me. No, no. <laughs> he like, knows, I dare he knows you. already. Yeah. Look, there's there's so many hours that we haven't recorded. <laughs> that, of... you, that you've never heard. Oh, the rants. Yeah. The rants that I go on. But anyways, so that's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know that BTS didn't start out from a wealthy company that just uh, had all the media connections, that every success that they got 
was built off of just grit and like just hustling their butts off yeah. to get even a small amount of acknowledgement. And yeah. so, you know, army who know this, we're not perturbed, <laughs> right? Like when people are like, oh, well, they're so popular now and they criticize BTS for, for popularity. We just feel this overwhelming, warm sense of pride. We're like, that's right, they're popular. And they earned every single fan. They earned everything off the sweat of their brows. And we are so proud of them. Yeah, and, and that's that's another aspect. Like, I guess there's like these different levels to ARMY, right? So you got those people that then will need, they'll you know, feel the need to give back, right? So you... You have the people who are organizing all the votes or the the buying of of tracks and all that. There's like so much crazy like organization that goes on within Army alone. That's true because it, the the success of BTS uh, was created and uh, by them, but it was uh, shored up by our Army. You know, they're forging the path, and then we are shoring up on the sides. We yeah, are yeah. like going crazy with the streaming we are going crazy with the buying we're like supporting them in any way that we can because they give us so much yeah and that's i think that's another thing too if you're like a fan if you're if you're a fan of other music you've never been in a fandom like this before let me tell you you just it's it's totally different it's totally different than being a fan of another group because not only are you like enjoying all of their content, but there's this reciprocal thing where you're like, you enjoy their content and then you spread it around and you let other people know how amazing that content is. And they put an album and you buy the album and you stream it and you work at supporting them. And it's what's awesome is like, it never feels like you're doing more work than BTS is. <laughs> that feels impossible. <laughs> they're always going to give you like 10 times more than you give them. Yeah. And that's another and that's thing. Crazy. Yeah. And another thing that I've noticed is the, uh, the strong connection that, yeah. that BTS has to army. You know, I, I as a fan, I, I noticed that cause I, I never noticed that before. Yeah. It was always like, Oh, there's that artist I like, but with BTS, it's like, Oh, there's that artist I like and they're talking to me. And it's almost like you have a relationship yeah, with them. Yeah. And it's not like you're delusional and you think you know them in real life. It's not like that at all. It's more like, I know that they're talking to the anonymous ARMY in general when yeah. they're talking to ARMY. But I also get why they love ARMY because ARMY does awesome things. Yeah. ARMY does support them. ARMY does get excited. ARMY makes art and like they make all sorts of like things that... They love, they make content, they get excited, they do positive charity things, uh, they they do everything. And then BTS sees that. And ARMY's like, look, you inspired me to do this really awesome thing, or you inspired me to support you. And then BTS is like, look at all this thing, all these things that ARMY is doing to support us. That's why we got success. And then we're like, no, you got success because you're amazing, and let's make some content to explain how amazing you are. And BTS is like, look at how successful we got because of ARMY and all the things that they did for us. And it's just like, 
it's just a compliment battle, man. We just really love each other. Yeah. And then there's there's this interesting like flip side where it's like a a slippery slope where you start to think like now you know what's best for them. And that's <laughs> that's the the oh, yeah. that's the dark alley that you should not go down, right? Cuz then you're like now I must now I must tell them what to do for I know what is best. You know, and that's that's kind of where if you see these things online, you'll see this battle between army and big hit right where they yeah are stepping up thinking they know better than the company oh yeah and then there's this this conflict so and this part's always a bit weird for me like i don't like the idea um of i like somebody and maybe i have opinions about what i want them to do or what they should do but if they're like an artist i'm not like I'm not going to write them a letter and say, hey, I really think that you need to have like an album that's really dark and goes into your history with your like abusive parent or something. You know, like I'm not going to tell an artist what I think they should make because that's that's weird. That's a weird thing to do. But I do understand why some army get like so into BTS that like they start to cross over that line where they think it's their job to like that they are allowed to decide what grown men <laughs> should do, should think, should feel. And they actually put money and resources and energy into trying to force BTS to do what they want. Yeah, yeah. And and, I, and they're I think called I... Manager Army. And like, yeah, yeah. Then, or Manti, right? Well, sometimes they're called Manti. I think that's what that means. Manager. Yeah. We're still learning things. Look, th- these people will like send uh billboard trucks to big hit to say like oh you're doing this bad thing to one of the members like stop it we're protesting they protested like the new year's concert oh my god i just i don't see it's interesting because i don't have uh like exposure to any of this stuff i never really see it unless you mention it to me you have to you have to kind of look at k-pop news and twitter and Sometimes I read, like, English-translated Korean papers just to sort of get a sense of, like, what's going on from a Korean perspective. There's not a lot of information, actually. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Um, I really have to learn how to speak Korean and read Korean before I'm going to get, like, an actual good view of it. Because um, some of the things that you may find surprising about joining ARMY, like, if you go on Twitter, if you start to see how fans act about things... You might be like, oh, this is new. Sending a truck to a company that manages an artist demanding that they do certain things is not something that happens in America. It, it's it's a very Korean thing. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. Um, but I, I would say that like the way that K-pop fandom works and the way that K-pop fans do things is uh, a huge influence on international army. Um, and becomes normalized. Mm. And some of the things they do are weird. There are... Okay, one of the things that I find kind of the most weird and really creepy things is, like, um, in Korea, BTS is, like, followed around by paparazzi and, quote-unquote, fans. Mm. Um, I think some of these people are basically stalkers, that run fan sites or they're just straight up, 
you know, they think they're fans and they stalk them. They like follow them and take pictures of them in parking lots and going into buildings and leaving buildings. They'll like aggressively try to acquire film and video of the BTS members living their life and they're assholes and it's horrible. Well, I, okay. So one thing that I'm still trying to figure out and uh, is a little bit harder for me to grasp because I'm not Korean is like the way that Koreans do K-pop idol fanning. There's like things that they do uh, like that you don't have to be told. I think if you're Korean and you become a fan of an idol group, you kind of know the deal. You know to like go join the fan club. You know to learn the like fan chants before the concert. You know to try to support them when they go on like the TV shows or award shows. You know like uh, what fan sites are, what saucings are. And what's interesting is that because... Uh, BTS is a Korean group people in all these other countries who don't have that culture don't have that fan culture are like picking up on all these sort of Korean concepts of how you fan and some of those things are really fun and awesome some of them are really positive like the fact that fans will get together and donate to a charity in the name of an artist they love. That's amazing. And ARMY has done kind of more charity works than basically any fandom on the planet. So that's pretty significant. Um, and then there's things that are not so positive, like we were saying. Like there's these fan sites or solo stands that like uh, and manager ARMY who were like, try use their money and influence and power to try to influence the company or protest the company or violate their uh privacy and i would say that like it feels like on the whole like most of it's positive but some of it's not um there's one thing that kind of that i don't that's just different like it's just diff- people treat famous people differently in different countries. I kind of thought Americans were horrible to famous people until I see how saw like <laughs> got a little bit more knowledge about how famous people are treated in Korea. And then I'm like, nope, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're a famous beloved actor or actress, I think you can still walk down the street. Oh, in Korea. No, 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 in America. Oh, okay. If if you're an American, like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal will will take a jog around New York City. He won't get stopped. People will take photographs of him. Sure. But not a lot. Uh, BTS gets, like, mobbed. There's been creepy ones. Like, sometimes there's, like, a drone camera. I I saw this footage for uh, one thing they did where it was drone camera following their car as it, like, drove away from the studio. That was oh, really yeah. that, creepy. No, that was, uh, I feel like that was uh, when they went to KBS. Yeah. And then as they exited the building, this like drone followed their car. Followed their car. It was so creepy. Um, there's this band in Hypen, which was created by Big Hit from the show Island, um, which we really loved. And uh, we watched that show. We were really into it. 
Um, but anyways, they brand new group, like weeks after they debuted. Yeah. They went to, um, they, they went to honeymoon Island. They, they went to, uh, Jeju. They went to Jeju Island and, uh, fans like bought tickets on the plane so they could be on the same plane as these guys. And then there was like, they swarmed them when they got off the, the airplane, like swarmed. Yeah. Them. Like when we say swarmed, like what Literally, do you envision? Like, it's like, these swarmed. are like 15 year old kids, right? Yeah. Average age, 15, 16. They were like being touched, pulled. Like one of them got hurt got, because they got pushed down. They were swarmed and there was nothing to stop that from happening. And I don't, I, I have never seen in in the last like couple of decades an American famous person swarmed yeah at an airport. I I don't think that's possible. I don't think that that would ever happen. Um, and so that sort of like fervent um fan culture where they're gonna hurt people, <laughs> they're gonna hurt the people they're supposedly uh fans of. I no. Well, that's the disconnect. No, I don't like that's that. that's like when they went, they went too deep and they stopped thinking of them as humans or whatever. Yeah, you know, they they saw them only as idols or or something like that. Well, I think that the majority of the people that do this kind of like really toxic, um, stalking behavior towards famous people, I think they're making money off of it and they don't give a shit. I don't think they get. They, I don't. Think they don't care about anybody. They care about money. Oh yeah, when there's money involved. And people make money off of like, uh, like fan sites make money off of taking these pictures and smuggling in cameras to concerts and like trying to get like exclusive views. And, um, they do it with pretty nefarious means. So yeah, fuck them. (laughs) But there's, (laughs) that's the negative side to it. And it's there. And it's like worth knowing that like not all fan behavior is positive, but I'd say most of it is. Yeah, and then I guess the flip side of that is like, what about the awesome, like, I don't know, archival purposes of fan camming, right? Of capturing uh, an event. That kills me. I know. And, you know, I've seen some fan cams that I'm like, I'm so glad that this exists, especially if the main camera work. Okay, so now we're getting yeah. too technical. I mean, it's Here, getting real. Here's the thing. When you start getting deep in army, you're going to start caring about stuff that maybe you never knew you could care about. I now care about camera work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or like nowadays they do things that are like BTS focus, you know, of performances. So, which is cool because then that subverts the horrible camera work of whatever award show or whatever that's doing the cameras for that. They have their own setup. So what are we talking about? Like, when you watch a performance of BTS, um, you'll notice that whoever's making the performance, like if their company is doing the camera work versus a uh, music bank is doing the camera work versus an award show is doing the camera work versus the MTV awards, whoever's behind the camera making decisions about how to show them, it has a huge effect on like, like how the performance as a whole. Good you, yeah, how yeah. how you enjoy that performance. Yeah. It changes it completely. 
and I didn't know that at first. I was kind of like, well, when you're watching someone like perform on a stage, you're just you just stick a camera um, mm. <laughs> somewhere in the middle and you just watch it. No, I, camera work is actually huge. Yeah, and K-pop definitely taught us that. K-pop taught us that for sure. It makes a really big difference. And like you even start forming opinions about which company is better at like doing camera work than others. Yeah, or which um, like what is it like? television station and which stations like you most of them are crap yeah and you kind of get their like style yeah so you're like oh this is kbs they do this this is sbs they do this and it's interesting to learn it just because um once you see bad camera work you hate it so much you're just furious you're like here are my boys working their butts off doing choreography that's so hard yeah singing and just giving everything to this performance and you can't put the camera in the right place. You can't just show me, just show me what they're doing. It's there's, there's some really infamous examples. Yeah. Um, it, there is in fact, uh, one of their first performances, they were performing like on the red carpet for some award show. Like, yeah. It was, it was, was back it in the day when they back weren't, in the day. they weren't performing in the award show, they at the yeah, award show, no. they were performing on the red carpet before the award show. Before the award show. They were yeah. like the pre-show. And they weren't even doing their songs. They nope. were just doing a, like a display. So they decided to like try to take advantage of this. And they did a medley of songs to do like a real amazing dance performance. Yeah, and yeah. you can find it online. It's called Intro Performance. And if you look at how they filmed Intro Performance, which is... So it's like such a difficult dance performance and it's it's done so impeccably well. By yeah, BTS. it's very intricate and needs to be seen in a certain way. And if you watch the version that the the channel. Yeah, the award show. The award show like recorded. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. It just is it's horrible. Just chaotic. They're like zooming in in the crowd when they're doing like really intense moves and it's like they're missing everything good. Yeah. And then you watch um, what Big Hit released, which is like... Which is pretty baller. Come on. So what they did is Big Hit released the uh, their own filmed version of this performance. And they have like three sections. And it's like good camera, better camera, like simple camera or something. Yeah, yeah. Just so kind of like teaching to, them. As like a... Is throwing shade on this award ceremony that couldn't get together and just do a basic camera work and when you see that these two performances are the same thing but one with horrible camera work and one with good camera work you're like oh that makes all the difference in the world oh yeah you're just blown away and and what's cool about that is um they brought that back like with the uh concert that we mentioned earlier mots one they actually put in uh, a put, variation they, a variation of intro performance yeah which is so oh, awesome it was so cool yeah he, here's the thing if you watched um map of the soul one the concert it's it's one of the best concerts i've ever seen in my entire life um it ties only with one other concert which is the most beautiful concert i've ever seen in my entire life and that's wings the final <laughs> There will never any be anything better than that ever. Anyways, um, I'm super wings biased. But if you saw that and you are new to ARMY, there was so many Easter eggs. There were so many references. There were so many callbacks. 
it was like an emotional roller coaster. Like if you got the references, I'm sorry, you were like crying or bursting out laughing or just like shook. Yeah. And the thing was like, you know, it was like three hours long or something. And it's like, I need a break. I need to catch my breath. This is insane. I needed a vacation after that. I just needed to like go meditate because it was such an intense experience. Yeah. Like all of the callbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's really cool. I don't know. I kind of envy anyone who's new to be able to watch it fresh and be like, you know, that was pretty good. And then to watch everything that it references and get the context and then, and then to rewatch back. it yeah and then go back yeah that's what's so amazing i mean i still kind of am doing that right i love doing i love watching something and then like six months later watching it again and realizing that like i didn't understand it at all yeah. the first time i watched it so there's one of our elite strats you can watch something that other people are like oh my god this is my favorite thing ever and you can watch it and be like meh don't worry. One of the reasons you're meh might be because um, you don't know what they're saying in their songs. You don't know what a certain visual cue was in reference to. You don't know like how it was meaningful to their personal lives. Like there's all of these like contexts that you might be missing. Once you get that context and you watch it again, it it just becomes so much more meaningful. It's and it's so fun. It is so fun to like be able to see th- all the connections, right? Yeah. Okay. So more about let's talk about more about this choreography thing. Mm. I would say one of the one of the essential parts of enjoying BTS for me is enjoying their choreography, and that is like, um. It's like, I don't think there's a lot of things in popular culture that have dance. Dance is not super huge in uh, American media. Like there's every once in a while, like there's people who are into the ballet and modern dance. And they're sort of like, I don't know. um, I feel like that's something that's enjoyed by really wealthy intellectual people. It's like a very small demographic that enjoy modern dance i do i love it but i don't um have enough money to go like to the theater and and to go see dance and get tickets and i'm not part of that community so it's like yeah and and, it's a little reserved and yeah and dance is kind of that's the thing about it it's kind of this separate thing right that's a a refined art form that and a solo one right yeah that yeah well, not solo, but like it's a refined art form that you kind of have to like be part of this small community to to enjoy. And then dance and music and pop music is pretty basic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people <laughs> will just say that, <laughs> right? They're just sort of like moving their hips, snapping their fingers. It, there's not a lot to it there, and people don't get to like a higher level of dance usually in in Western pop. Um, you know, they're just kind of bouncing their booties, booty bounce. BTS are professional dancers and they are professional booty bouncers. (laughs) No, they're the opposite of that. Yeah. They are professional dancers and they are like fucking stellar. And when you become a fan of their dance, what's awesome is that they have like all of this content that's just about their dance and you can just be into that 
and almost like as its own tract. So um, the way you do that is you start looking at their um, choreography videos that they put on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's different versions of different performances. You have a song. It gets a it gets full choreography. You're going to see. Um, yeah, most likely a title track. A title track, right? Yeah. They usually have like about two per album that they'll do full choreography for. Yeah. Um, you'll basically you can see them perform it on the music shows, right? Like Music Bank. And there's these weekly music shows in Korea where they'll show their performances. And then as of the last year or so, they're also showing them on American shows. So like uh, James Corden or um, Good Morning the America show or Good Morning <laughs> America. So when they'll perform a song on like these shows, that'll be like the performance version. And then there's a different version that you see in concert, which is usually um, an even better version than you saw on the shows. But there's also um, a version that they put on YouTube, and that is the choreography video version. What's cool about the choreography video, it's kind of like, they make the video right at the point where they're like ready to start performing it. Like they know the dance choreography kind of perfectly and they're ready to start performing it. Um, They don't sing in those videos at all. And they're not trying to lip sync or anything. They're only focusing on the dance. They're also not like performing it with their face. Yeah. As much. Yeah. Not really. Because they're focused on getting the dance moves. Perfect. That's the point of that video. So when you're watching a concert or performance on TV, uh, you watch their faces, you look at their costumes, you look at the scenery, and you kind of watch it. Um, you watch all of them, right? Yeah, but you yeah. focus kind of more on their faces and on their torso. When you watch a choreography video, you need to focus on their legs. Yeah, because that's really everything that's happening is there. Right. So, like, focus, put your focus lower so that you're really watching their bodies dance because that's what the choreography video is for. And when you do that, when you just sort of, like, stop watching their faces and start watching their legs, you realize how much you missed. Because here's the thing. There's seven people doing choreography. It's actually really hard to choose where to put your eye. Mm. Um, it, it, like it's hard to focus on one thing. There's so much going on when seven people are doing really elaborate choreography. So just if you don't already like look at their legs when they're doing a choreography video, it's going to feel like you're watching something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the, the dancing and then also the positioning. Yeah. And, and I feel like they, they're also cool. I don't know. They could be also tools. So I think they have multi-purposes, right? Obviously, the fans love them. But I can see them as being this kind of final form for the company as well. So that they oh, can be yeah. like, okay, this is how it goes. They need they need seven, you know, seven feet of clearance on this side. Or, or they sure. just, it gives them all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's part of their process in, yeah. in developing those performances. But I actually think it's... Uh, if it's used by the company, it might be like, okay, let's let's do the perfect version of the choreography. We get a recording of it. Then they can go back to that recording 
If they want to bring back choreography. Yeah, it's a template, right? Or they or they can see how they did it then, and they yeah. have like a recording of of how to do it perfectly. Exactly. Um, it they're really like, uh, as soon as you start getting into them, well, well <laughs> let me put it this way. Um, when I started getting into BTS, um, I kept hearing people talk about like how good a dancer one person was and sometimes even BTS talk about it, right? Like, oh, uh, they'll make fun of Namjoon's dancing or they'll, they'll say something or they'll talk about how amazing Hobie is. And I was just like, God, they're mean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's mean. Like, why are they, why do they have to compare each other? Because I didn't know anything and I was really ignorant. Um, but now that I like I'm used to them and I watch the choreography and I'm really familiar. Um, no, it, there's an exact order to their what level of dancer they are. I, I know like there is an order. I know what that order is. And so does the rest of Army. Like we're not confused about yeah. the their skills and their dance, because once you start really watching the dance, it's it's in no way unclear. Yeah, and then what's cool is as you understand that order, you'll see how they are positioned in, I don't know, like the lineup the, like right, for right. the performances. How you, how you bring the, the what we call the dance line forward Yeah, and how the dance line is really the primary people that are like doing the major movements and the more difficult movements. Yeah, yeah. and they're like the focus. They're, they're always the focus. They're always the center. Um, like you'll notice that like people who aren't in the dance line will come forward into the center for a verse and then they'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll gain that spotlight for that moment. For that moment. Yeah. Uh, but the dance line through most of the song is going to be the triangle in the center. And the dance line is Jimin, Jungkook and J-Hope. And recently Tay has been, uh, added to the dance line yeah shout out to tay shout out to tay (laughs) uh but j-hope and jimin and jungkook have been studying dance since they were small children uh jimin came from a like a uh, modern dance school a modern dance school where he was the top student j-hope's been studying dance his whole life and i don't know i think if there were a god of dance i think that he created j-hope to bring hope and happiness into the world Via dance. Via dance, because yeah. he's one of the most perfect dancers to ever live. Literally, you can look at J-Hope with an algorithm, and he is, I think, the top most consistent dancer in all of K-pop. He's the best dancer in K-pop, hands down. Even robots love Prove him. me wrong. I'll fight you on it, and I'll fight you with a passionate love. Yeah. That I have for J-Hope. Here we go. We're going to talk <laughs> about J-Hope now. Sorry, got it. I got on for J-Hope. Hour. You know I can't get on wings. You no, know I, I can't get, get on J-Hope. It, I just get too crazy. But anyways, J-Hope is a genius. Jungkook has been studying dance, um, I think, before he became a trainee, but he became a trainee as an infant. So <laughs> it, it doesn't really, it's just mincing words. He was a child when he started. So um, yeah, he they sent him to uh, a school in LA to learn dance. Um, while he was in training the same school that they sent txt to but they sent the whole band yeah yeah (laughs) instead of just one of seven of them (laughs) (laughs) don't i don't think they had the money (laughs) oh yeah um but yeah they jay hopes their dance leader he's their performance leader um and 
once what's really really fun about those choreography videos and like seeing more of how they dance is like how if you can tell the difference between Jimin's movements and J-Hope's movements or Jungkook's movements and Namjoon's movements like once you compare them to each other their movements are so much the same that's what's weird is like they're doing the same choreography and it's almost exactly the same but there's this subtlety to a, a dancer's movement who is like had years more experience that you can see and you can pick up on and you start to realize like how talented J-Hope is and how talented Jimin and Jungkook are because you see just the, the level to which they hit a beat that the perfect like movement of their hand, the fact that they're controlling their bodies within like centimeters of, of where they need to be in and what, mode they need to hit yeah I don't know. not only that but like almost like the the teleportation <laughs> of how they can just oh, yeah. move from one point to crazy across the stage like, across the stage like yeah. like they're just tele yeah it's crazy yeah that's really cool they're so fast jimin is so fast yeah like jimin will be doing this smooth beautiful movement and you think he's going slow and then he has to get across to the other side of the formation and he's just like gone man he just jumps over there yeah. it's crazy yeah um it's it's really cool to see that um when you're really focused in on that dance and then being able to pull out just the like slight detail of their own unique style yeah which is yeah. really nice i love that um a really fun challenge and because there's seven of them you can watch these choreography videos over and over and over again and always get something new out of it out of it so if you have a bias, I don't care who your bias is, just try to watch only them in one of the choreography videos. It's it's like one of my favorite games is like um, challenge number one. Try to only watch someone who is not dance line. It's it's basically like a try not to laugh challenge. It's impossible. <laughs> so like just take any of the choreography videos. Take boy with love. You, you want the ultimate challenge. Take boy with love. Don't look at Jimin. Just attempt to not look at Jimin in Boy With Love. It's impossible. I'm just letting you know. Um, same challenge. Look at Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Try not to look at Jimin or J-Hope. Good luck. <laughs> it's not happening. That's what's amazing is like they will draw your eye. They, you, you can't help it. Just try to watch one member and the dance line will basically physically turn your head. <laughs> So you look at them. That's their power. Um, but also, like, finding the charm of each of them. Each of them has such a different charm while performing. And I love all seven of them. I love all how all seven of them perform. Like, um, although I'm talking up how good dancers the dance line are, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy the dance of the others. I completely do. It's just that, like, when I'm enjoying it from the point of view of like when I'm enjoying J-Hope, I'm I'm like enjoying like pristine perfection. And when um, I'm enjoying like Jin, I'm enjoying like his personality and the way he expresses that with his body. Yeah, yeah. It really shines. It really shines. 
like that's what's so fun is you can take any one of them and you can see how like how they dance is is an expression of who they are and it's it's amazing yeah now um lastly i was thinking on this whole like i don't know army primer or whatever i wanted to talk about the idea of the bangtan epiphany oh okay and so that that's of course our podcast but also i was thinking about it as a sort of a idea or like a noun where like it's the moment when and it and you could have multiple of them but it's the moment when you realize like your army yeah and that you're into bts it's like this this big like explosion right and so of course I, i like to think like what was the first? I, I know mine, like my first Bang Tan Epiphany. And you'll have multiple of them I've had as so you many. experience. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what what would you say your first like Bang Tan Epiphany was? I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'll do my first because I, I have talked about it. My first was Blood, Sweat and Tears. Yeah. Weirdly, I did not get into BTS in 2016. I got into them in 2019, but... I was just, I heard about them, got interested, and then I went and watched Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and then I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> drop everything. <laughs> Throw out everything that I've ever liked because I need to make room because this, whatever this is, I'm into it. Nice. And then it was all over from there. Um, But I have to say that, like, I've had so many epiphanies. I think yeah. that... um. One epiphany I think that was really important for me was um, that even though like BTS is has such high production value and has such big like ambitious like stages and everything like the only reason they can do these huge massive performances is because they have this big company behind them. And it's like this entirely huge thing. The thing that I like need and the thing that like gets me right in the heart and that is the most important to me is the stuff that's just when they are expressing who they are, like they're like something really personal or something really sincere and really human like that stuff I love the giant productions. They're so much fun. Yeah. The spectacle. The spectacle of their performances are so amazing, but they're only as amazing as they are because of the personal narrative, like their personal stories that run throughout their songs. Yeah. And like, that's what's the most effective at like, making me army is knowing that knowing where tear comes from, knowing where spring day comes from, knowing where nevermind comes from, like how these are songs about these guys and, and their life and their feelings and uh, that they've, made themselves vulnerable to us by showing their stories. And that's like the giving me bigger epiphanies than anything. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, I think we've, we've gone over mine before, right? Um, the, my first like big 
Epiphany was the uh, UN speech oh. with RM. <sighs> and like that, that was just like the first one. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm sailing this, this ship and we're, we're going to do it. What's really funny is, so I found out about BTS and then I got into them kind of on my own, right? Like yeah, I yeah. just did my own research and I eventually got to the part, point where I was army. You saw me do that and you were like, whatever, <laughs> right? You were like, okay, well, that's cool. That's your personal taste. Moving on. Well, I just didn't regard it. It's one of those things where you're like, we'll just see what happens. Right? And there's lots of stuff that you'll like and I'll be like, whatever, <laughs> you know? Hey. Look, we're different human beings. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh no, I have found something that is going to consume my entire life. I must bring him with me. Like it, it was, it was, it was a need. Like there's some things that you don't like, and I really don't give a shit that you don't like it. Mm. Oh if, yeah. If yeah. you don't like Gilmore Girls, that will never bother me. I'm totally okay with me liking Gilmore Girls and you ha- and you hating or disliking or not caring. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally fine that I am, like, never going to play Diablo. And that you love it, and that you played it, and that I will never play it. Yeah, I know. Like, how come I you don't, don't... We don't care. How come you don't love pirate metal as much as I do? Come you on. You love pirate metal. <laughs> I, I'm not into pirate metal. That's okay. Uh, but when I hit BTS, I'm like, nope, this can't be a I like it, you don't like it kind of thing. Because I'm going to be spending too much time on it. <laughs> like, I needed you on board. And I'm like, how am I going to convince my uh, husband to be into BTS? Like, it's going to be such a hard sell. Because, like, you know, you see it and people are like, oh, it's a boy band. And you have to be a girl. And you have to be, like, into how cute they are or whatever. And I was, like, racking my brain. Um, So I started by, like... First, I just tried to show you what I was looking at, and, and, and it wasn't working for you. What brought me in did not bring you in. So I just started doing slow little things. Like, I'm like, oh, you know that they did these mixtapes. And then I just leave it on, and you hear it in the background. And then, oh, you know, um, they also do these other things. And like, oh, have you seen this music video? It's well, crazy. Yeah, and it was the ciphers. That the was ciphers, one of your strategies. Yeah. That was one of my strategies. Right? But it was really, for me, um, the thing that flipped that switch was the UN speech. That RM did. Now they have yeah, since so done funny. another UN speech, which is amazing as well. And you just you continue to have these epiphanies. Like the one that I had again later was uh, zero o'clock. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, that was one of my favorite epiphanies. Is that you had that? Like I had the epiphany about the UN speech, and then I was like, I remember you were having like a really bad day, and I was like, bro, sit down and watch this video. And that's, that's, I think, uh, it had such a big impact because it was speaking to something that like you were currently feeling. It was like great timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with zero o'clock, we were going through the album. You, you like attached yourself to that song because you were feeling it. You were feeling its message. I wasn't like, it didn't come from me. It wasn't like. Didn't resonate uh, or whatever. No, 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 I, I it resonated, but it was yeah. just like, I was just focused on other things at the time. I loved that. I loved that you were like, y- you were, that came from you yeah, and your own like consumption of BTS. And, um, it's been like that, like since then. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, what's cool about being together, 
you know, because it's like you can have these epiphanies and then I can have them and we can share them. Yeah. And it, it's so much cooler that way. It's so much cooler that way. And yeah. and you're following your interest and I'm following mine. And, and it's like because there's so many tracks to go down. Like, I think I could do I could just like watch choreography things endlessly. And I and I don't think that those are your favorite. I think you like these uh you're way more into like the emotional music, right? Like the more emotional dramatic songs. And I am too, but I just I enjoy the choreography more. And then sometimes when we're in a mood for no drama, we're like we just need some run so we can laugh and chill out. Like you know? Yeah, every you know, it's okay to like Want some crack every now and again. You just want some BTS crack. Sometimes yeah. we just go, we just watch fan comps for an hour or two. Yeah. Because we just need to laugh. I, and that's what's amazing. Whatever mood you have, there is content for it. No, that's for real. I mean, I was listening the other day to that um, skit that they have where they do the Billboard's Award acceptance speech. And I was just laughing because of, you know, how wonderful Namjoon is. In the way he speaks, how he also lets the world know that he is a super nerd and how he's like, he's like, you know, he's like not fluent. Like he says that he's like, I'm not fluent, but he speaks really well. And he's like saying, oh, I'm, I'm happy to be in the same category as these artists, you know, right in front of us. And like, (laughs) it's just so funny because you can just see him saying it right there. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I love what a nerd he is. I it's that's why people think he's super fluent because he's so intelligent. Yeah. He pronounces things so well. And uh he says things so intelligently. But if you when you start seeing him translated from Korean, you're like, oh basically everything that comes out of his mouth is like uh a new philosophy that anthropologists will be studying for the next 200 years like it's crazy yeah when he speaks korean he is like basically rap talking he's he's like spreading philosophy and just his like grandiose ideas about art and life in the universe he gets so metaphysical and it's like amazing so i think he feels like he's not very fluent and that's what he says because He's not able con- to convey all of his philosophical thoughts in English. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but probably, I mean, he's like so much smarter than everyone he's talking to that like, Namjoon, you weren't going to talk philosophy with those American reporters. Don't worry, bro. Yeah. Save you it don't for, need much Save it for the people who can take it. You right? Know? <laughs> it's not them. <laughs> um, oh. Well, if that, that's all I got. Like if you're here, you're new, you're, you're army... Um, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome to the treasure trove, man. Yeah, right? There's so much. There's so much to discover. It's amazing. 